The Baptist and the Buddhist, identical twin brothers with two vastly different faiths. Join them as they explore their respective religions and how they differ and how they relate. Same DNA, different religions. Uh, hey everyone, this is The Baptist and the Buddhist with Mark and Brian. And we are on episode two. If you listened episode. last last episode, I, I don't want to say week because I don't know our intervals yet. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but if you listened last week, we kind of introduced ourselves. So if you don't know who we are, go back and listen to that first. Um, if you want to get weirded out, just go ahead and keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, they might not. They might not even. They might just skip the very long intro episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good information, pertinent information, maybe. There is. Or maybe they'll yeah. skip it to these later episodes so they can understand what we were talking about in the first episode. <laughs> yeah, when you finish this whole series, go back again. It's a whole new whole new world. Exactly. <laughs> whole new understanding. Yep. <laughs> okay, so I think last time we left off kind of uh, answering some questions about our, our religions and our beliefs. And um, we left off with kind of a list of questions we're asking ourselves or answering. And the the next one was kind of uh, about faith. And I think that's the theme of this episode is going to be faith. And it, we're just going to leave it at that because that's very general. Um, and we, we're kind of keeping these things general. Um, yeah. Kind of open-ended questions to get ourselves to answer it in the most relevant way we can according to our point of view yeah yeah keeping it general so that we can dig up what we what we respectively would dig up yeah exactly okay so today we're today we're talking about faith faith yep whatever that what is means. faith yeah i know that's that's such a broad term nowadays. It really I think, is. I think the popular, the popular idea, conception of faith, like in a very generic world, world, you know, international sense. I guess I don't know. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Is like, I guess. Would you agree that most people, when they hear the word faith, would probably think of like blind faith or something yeah yeah and i kind of have something to say about that especially in the realm of christianity too because what a lot of people think even outside of religion um they tend to put a specific definition on faith and i don't know if i like that's one of those words that can get lost in translation between two people let alone two religions so oh yeah yeah it's it's, it's such a broad term and lots of yeah. applications it's kind of like my name there's a lot of applications for the word mark <laughs> <laughs> i looked my na- i looked the word mark up in the dictionary once and there was like there were a ton of definitions i'm like i didn't even know there were th- this many definitions for one word and it, I'm convinced it's the word, the one word in the dictionary with the most definitions. <laughs> <laughs> See, Brian's not even in the dictionary, so. Maybe Last I checked, though, so I don't know. Maybe there is a, a non-proper noun Brian. Right. Maybe. I think it's Irish for strong or something. I'm pretty sure my name comes from, like, a derivative of Mars. Like the, the god of war, um, so it there's a lot of different uh, definitions, and I've heard some definitions that I've never been able to, to confirm. I'm like, where in the world did you get that? <laughs> For the name mark? Yeah. Yep. Wow. So I like, get means like weak or something like that. I'm like, I've never heard that before in my life, and I couldn't find it anywhere else. And I heard yeah, it from that's... a one of my. Uh, religious leaders i should say i'm just gonna broadly <laughs> use that term religious so they said it means weak yeah i'm like i don't know That's, where you're getting that that would be a very strange coincidence that would be 
Because yeah. I'm strong. No, I'm kidding. But like the <laughs> god of war or like warlike is some definitions of the word of the name Mark. And weak is like complete opposite of that. So I don't know where they're Unless getting Unless there's like a, a different etymological origin from a different language or something that uses that word for weak but that would even that would be a huge coincidence i would think yeah i would say so too Hmm. yeah so faith faith (laughs) so i know initially your uh the question you sent me a little behind the scenes was how would you personally define faith or relate to your faith and i didn't really know how to specifically answer that question the, for, the whole thing or the that whole thing the whole the, that that question that question like, like i'm like how would i answer this but i think like my what i have the way i want to answer that might not be exactly how it's like how it's supposed to be answered but again those questions are pretty open-ended so, so. yeah like how would you define faith versus like so do you have were you having issues with that one or the relate to f- your faith. I think relate to your faith was like the one that I'm like, what does that mean exactly? Okay. And I, I think I can't remember exactly when I wrote those questions, what I was like aiming for, but I think, uh, that like, how do you define faith is just what it sounds like. How do you relate to your faith? I think was more like, how do you relate to your faith tradition or religion? Okay. So <laughs> I still so, don't know how to answer that one, but <laughs> Yeah, but let's. Uh, do you want to start, or I can start? I don't really care which way. Um, I think the Baptist, sure, and the Buddhist. Yeah, we go in order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So when I thought of faith, like what, what is faith? Like I sat down. I'm like, how do I define faith? And I thought about the, the other way people define faith. Some people might say it just means a belief or maybe even a religion or just like how much you believe in something or how much you trust something. And I could see, I can, I tend to agree with most of those. Um, I think in Christianity in general, like faith, like what is faith? It's like you have faith. Like you, you, you say like you have faith in something. Um, usually in Christianity, it's like you have, like you're saved by your faith in what Jesus did for the sins of the world. I tend to slightly agree with that, but slightly not based on what I've studied in the Bible. So with with faith, I'll start in like in what the Old Testament says about it a little bit, just a little bit. I'm not going to pull out a ton of scripture because I can, but I won't because that would just be too, um, that would, that's for another podcast. <laughs> and I might actually integrate this into maybe a future podcast that I want to start producing. Um, hopefully, um, it's going to be going back on my roots in the uh, realm of Bible contradictions and uh, Christianity contradictions, I guess. And we'll, um, and we'll have an episode on that, too. Oh, yeah, so. definitely. And I think this kind of addresses one. But um, when the Bible talks about faith, it I th- this is how I see it from the Bible point of view is that it's the uh, having faith faith or uh, being faithful is like being able to uh, to make a promise and keep it that's kind of how I see it um, in the Old Testament and this is going to kind of go back to what I talked about last time about like how God deals with man dispensationally so like in the Old Testament, God was working, dealing with man through the nation of Israel. Be- I mean, before that, it was through specific people groups, maybe, or a certain peop- or a certain person or a certain 
um, commandments, if you will, but largely he works, he was working through the nation of Israel, um, by, yeah. So just wrapping my head around this idea is, is God using Israel and like the other things you were talking about kind of like channels through which to properly communicate with people like with yeah, mankind or whatever. Yeah. And I'm, I, I'd hate to get too much in specifics because that's for another episode probably, but like the way God was dealing with mankind in, in general back then, um, really up until, um, Israel rejected him at the stoning of Stephen in, in the book of acts. So it was like after Jesus, was crucified and everything. God was dealing with the with humankind through the nation of Israel, and they were to be a, a a beacon on a hill, if you will, a light on a hill to bring the nations to God through the nation of Israel. Um, they had a. I mean, if you look at how that was done, the Old Testament. You know, a lot of people say the Old Testament has a way different like feeling and color than the New Testament. And that's, and that's because of the way he was dealing with mankind back then. In the Old Testament, faith was was charged to man. Like so, if if you wanted to be uh, quote unquote like right with God, you had to be faithful. You had to have the faith. Um, like Habakkuk two says, like a, a just man is saved by his faith. And even on Jesus's uh, in Jesus's earthly ministry, he talks about how um, how like he might be talking to someone specific, maybe like a, a performing a miracle or something. He'll say, "Your faith has saved you," or like like your faith has healed you, because they come to him in faith, saying like, "You are the Messiah. We believe you are the Christ," and by their action coming to him, that's their faith. In the Old Testament, like throughout that whole time period, they had to basically, they had to um, follow the commandments. Obviously, they couldn't keep the Ten Commandments, so they had to follow all the Jewish law um, with sacrifices and different ways to deal with different things. And by doing that, that shows that they are faithful to him. And that was their faith. They had to take action. Turn that around into this age. And I'll kind of give you a little transition because of your questions were great about like God using Israel as a, as a tool for like to like as a channel to reach mankind, basically through the apostle Paul, what, he, what God did was he revealed completely new stuff, completely new. Um, I don't want to say commandments, but a completely new way to deal with man. And that was through his full d- dispensing of grace. And instead of us, instead of mankind having, having to do things, uh, Jesus showed Paul that he did the things for us like he died on the cross for our sins for reconciliation they didn't really know about that before he revealed that to paul um so when there's a famous verse in christianity ephesians 2 8 9 it's for by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourself it is the gift of god lest any man should boast i may have misquoted that a little bit but the important part was like for by grace are you saved through faith the old testament uh says specifically that they're saved through faith or by faith let, let me uh let me make sure i'm saying that right cuz ephesians 2:8-9 for by by grace are you saved through faith but they were saved by faith like it's very specific like wording hmm. Um, and the question is whose faith by grace are we saved in this day and age? 
uh, I think it's in First Timothy one. Let me let me pull that up real quick so I don't misquote it. First Timothy one. I think it was four. First Timothy one fourteen. Uh, let's see here. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. And let me go back to Ephesians two eight and nine. The gift of God it talks about is the being saved by grace through faith. And really, in in general, what I'm trying to get at is we are saved by the faith of Jesus, not the our own faith. So, like He was faithful. He's going to keep his promises that he made. Um, And it's by his grace that he is presenting his faith to us so that we can be saved um, and not relying on our own, our own faith. There's a song that says like, my faith is like sinking sands changed by every wave. Like man alone in in God's grace isn't faithful to save ourselves or to uh, rely on ourselves. So with faith, we, with the faith of Christ, we are saved through his grace. And it's, it's, uh, it's not of ourselves. And I don't want to go too much on the topic of salvation because of that's going to be another episode probably. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but with like, with the salvation from, from sin, like in, instead of us having to do something to prove our faith, Jesus did something to prove his faith. And we just have to rely on that. We basically have to stop doing something to rely on our faith. We have to stop relying. We just trust is a good word that the Bible uses because that paints a picture of, uh, bearing a weight, bearing a load, instead of carrying it yourself. So I think, I hope I did that some justice. <laughs> I, I think so. <laughs> so this doesn't directly, I don't know if it directly relates to, well, I have a few questions. Sure. So like, so to clarify, it's through Jesus's faith and not mankind's faith. Right. Right. Okay. Yep. And another kind of unrelated question, because like you were describing like the Old Testament and how like they, in order to, I don't know, prove their faith in a, in a sense, they had to like do these actions, like sacrifices and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like Jesus, maybe not, I don't know if it's like, if he had been like a literal sacrifice replacing those or if it was like just kind of showing like a, i don't know a, 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 i don't want to use the word metaphor but like what he did was kind of like would you say it was it was literally like you know replacing those old sacrifices or was it like yeah yeah not so, quite literal but so the bible talks about those sacrifices and how that the sacrifices of those animals were covering mankind's sin they covered it um it it was uh oh there's a terminology there's terminology i was going to use for that but i forgot what it was but basically like it was a temporary covering um the like if you look into what the what israel did back then they would have the regular sacrifices but then they would have like an annual sacrifice um, and people would bring in their animal or whatever they were bringing. And there's different types of sacrifices too. There's like, um, like, uh, bread, grain and oil sacrifice that you would burn. There's the animal and there's a ton of different ways, a ton of different sacrifices that they had to follow. Um, and that blood covered their sins, but the Bible talks about Jesus's blood being the final sacrifice, washing away sins so instead of covering it instead of being a uh, a uh, temporary um a temporary covering it was the final washing away for this for the for the age of grace but not yet for the working of 
mankind through Israel, which uh, let me put a disclaimer on that because like I say, there's two ways God deals with man. The way God deals with man through the nation of Israel is stopped right now. There's no such thing as Jew, Greek, or Gentile. We're all on the same level in this age, but like that's where the whole like turn like that's where the whole concept of the mystery comes in because there was a prophetical clock ticking and you could measure it out with like the 70 weeks of Daniel and everything and when temples were built and everything but when when uh when the whole mystery came it that like prophetical clock stopped and now we're in this we call it a parenthetical time frame of the age of grace that was in that wasn't in prophecy. It was never prophesied. No one ever foresaw it because it was a mystery that the Bible says was hid in God before the foundations of the world. So, and is that is that what the the mystery is? Well, there's the mystery. We'll get we'll talk about that later because it's there's there's actually mysteries within the mystery that Paul talks about. It's like a six or seven slice pie thing that. Um, that has different mysteries, but the mystery is Ephesians three. And it's, it basically, that's how salvation works today is, was completely a mystery. When you look at like Jesus's earthly ministry, his, his disciples had no idea what he was talking about with his death. They didn't know, they didn't want him to die. They didn't know he was going to die specifically coming up. And even when he was crucified and resurrected and then his, uh, his apostles started preaching the gospel of the kingdom that still wasn't what we preach today. It was completely different um, and completely different application and the crucifixion and everything had a completely different meaning to Israel too. So it's completely different program. We, we refer to it as like the prophecy program and the mystery program, completely different programs But, okay. Yeah, that was a it was a good question. Yeah, Jesus's Jesus's sacrifice wasn't just like a symbolic sacrifice. It it had a direct application to how like God sees sin, how it was like an actual payment for sin, and Jesus became sin like basically embodied on the cross. And like it's like okay, that's that's the final. That's the final like sin that has to be paid basically for all sins. Sin like the sin of sins basically was like embodied in Jesus when he was on the cross. So yeah, the sacrifices basically went away. Though there is a little caveat on that in the future to come, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So, faith. <laughs> so faith. I was going to ask if you wanted to like. In conclusion, in, like, in conclusion, faith in Christianity um, doesn't just mean like believing. Like you got to have faith, man. You just got to have faith. Like that's that sounds like blind faith to me, and faith is not blind. Faith. Before, it was man's faith that saved him. Now, in this age, it is Christ's faith that saves us through grace. And we, through God's grace, he's giving us that faith. And we just have to trust in that. And we, so would you say we the trust... Do anything. Would you say the trust in that is what most people would refer to as faith? I believe so. Yeah. Like I have faith in Jesus. They're referring really to believing and trusting what he did through his faith. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So they're, so it's really like, even from like a, you know, a generic Christian approach when they say, Oh, I have faith, you know, it would, it would be more like it would more properly be translated or defined as a, a a trust in Jesus's faith. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Christianity as a whole, it's like faith. Having faith would be believing in what Jesus did on the cross for your sins. Okay. And then believing what God 
like God will do what he says he will do. Like I, I have faith in God. I have faith in Jesus. People just throw that out. What does that mean? I think it's really like depends on where that person's coming from with that word faith. <laughs> Cause we, my circles, we tend to be nitpicky on like terminology from the Bible because mm. like even like ye and, or like thy, like the, the different words like ye and thee are different, have different meanings. Um, grammatically so like we're pretty nitpicky like by faith or by his faith like but when we say generic terms like i have faith in jesus that means you know i trust and believe in what jesus did yeah you still use the popular vernacular yeah but uh, you you are you know in a in a positive sense i guess like pedantic about what you know, what words mean exactly. Right. Like even the word Christian, um, that is actually like dispensationally, probably more like less correct in this age of grace than it was outside of that, outside of the age of grace, like Hmm. biblically speaking, but like that's how picky we can be with like what applies where. So I think that's kind of why I went like I, went so like detailed on the definition of faith is because how we how i approach the bible with certain like specific definitions is like it's like pretty dead set <laughs> like you gotta yeah. look for by and with or through like if that if that is different prepositional it, it ha- phrasing completely changes the meaning definite articles prepositions like they really do have different like they really do change the meaning on things oh yeah and that well like we will have an episode on like scriptures like uh religious scriptures sacred texts and sacred texts that will be pretty i mean that could be next episode if you want I'm really looking forward to that episode. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) And I think it's a really good foundational episode too, like showing where the information we get comes from and how we relate to it. Definitely, definitely. Like, how do I relate to my faith? Like, going back to faith, I don't know how to answer that question exactly. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I may have written it on a a whim. (laughs) That's that's perfectly fine then. (laughs) So we don't have to really pay attention to that one cool. but <laughs> cool all right so if if do you have anything else you want to add oh man i don't i don't think so not at this time okay. there are so many different ways i want to go but again this podcast we do want to be very um very topic based because I think in any religious discussion, you can go down rabbit holes and I already went down probably three rabbit holes this <laughs> this episode. Um, yeah, but I think that, it, it on the topic of rabbit holes, though, like we do need to help define what we're saying, or again, it gets lost in translation. Like, yeah, oh, let me lay I, out like why these dispensational like differences matter because the definition matters, like depending on what you're talking about. So, like, yeah, and I think it's kind of hard to like, like for me, it's hard to when planning out this podcast to like think, okay, what what episodes should come first oh i know because we need to lay like foundations like foundational understandings of what we're talking about because we don't want like the the viewers to hear something we say and assume they know what we mean exactly because because of the the vast like doctrinal differences that might you know come into play Mm -hmm. i mean exactly just like with the prepositions, you know, change things. And like, if you say something, someone else might, might completely mistranslate it. Um, exactly. Which, you know, like, and that's, that's okay if you mistranslate something, because that's what the, these conversations are about is like learning, you know, learning, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And I think it, it's, uh, it does, lend itself to being able to ask questions like yeah. oh you said faith like you said faith of jesus like but like i always just thought faith in jesus like 
what's that about? Like, I just uh, remembered like one, one of the verses that I think I wanted to bring up was Romans 3, 22 was, um, even the righteousness, the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe for there is no difference. I think that's talking about the difference between Jew and Greek or Gentile, um, but it talks about the faith of Jesus Christ. And like, I don't think a lot of Christians really realize that there is a difference between our faith and his faith. Hmm. So being able to ask those kind of questions out of our rants, yeah. it helps us, it helps people to learn to question and grow and learn more about yeah, and it might, beliefs you know, and it might their, give, belief, their own beliefs. I give someone, you know, an op, like a, an opportunity to expand what they thought they knew about like faith. Like someone may start watching or listening to this who just assumed faith always meant blind faith. Right. And now they're like, Oh wow. You know, there's a different approach. You know, there's a different meaning. Yeah. I don't think, I don't really think there's any place for blind faith in like my beliefs. Like you don't just blindly believe something if we're going to apply that, that definition, like blind faith, there's, yeah. there's always a reason you're always, I would, and I would actually like hazard a guess that not a lot of religions actually use blind faith. But yeah, no kidding. Like if, I think that might be a misconception. I, I very much agree. I very much agree because that goes back to understanding why people believe what they believe. And I've been asked before by people like even just like on random subjects or like topics, maybe it's political or maybe it's religious or something. It's like, like, oh, they like, why did they decide to do this? I just can't wrap my head around that. And it's like, well, I think I know why they did it. I don't agree with it, but I think I can rationalize their their decision or their thoughts. It's like, how did, how do you know that? And it's like, it's, I think I just try to put myself into their shoes and like, think like, why would I think this? It's not to oppose something or it's not just blindly believing it. There is yeah. a reason to why yeah. people do things. Everyone always has a reason to believe or do something. Like, mm-hmm. Even if it might be something you don't agree with, or maybe it's even like obviously based in, like a very wrong misunderstanding. Exactly. Yeah, but exactly. Like it's never just, it's never blind. I don't yeah. think like most criminals aren't criminals just because they want to be bad. Like they usually have some kind of motivation behind it, gaining something or getting rid of something, um, to better than their lives. They think gross misunderstanding sometimes. But yeah, I think so before I get into my stuff, I think um, <clears throat> we would love to hear from listeners and viewers about Definitely. what what faith means to them, you know. And I think that this is a good place to plug, you know. A, you know, you can you can email us um, or yes. probably Facebook message us on our Facebook page or something. Yeah. So if you guys don't um, know, we have our email is uh, Baptist and Buddhist at gmail dot com. Just Baptist and Buddhist, know the, um, so Baptist and Buddhist at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page called the Baptist and the Buddhist. Go check it out. Like us, comment, share, whatever you want to do. Like, um, like, and subscribe. <laughs> yeah. You obviously we have YouTube. If you're watching this, like subscribe, hit that notification bell because subscriptions <laughs> sometimes don't really reach out to people sometimes. Uh, but yeah, we want to hear from you. Yes, definitely. We want to hear your perspective because this show mm-hmm. isn't just about him and me. Um, it's it's also about other people of other faiths, and we want to hear what faith means to you. Yeah, because we do want to. It's unfortunately we don't have a, a third tri- like triplet or quadru- quadruplets that are like completely other different religions, or we would be talking about four religions here instead of two. Um, yeah. We don't have a whole f- open forum at the moment or anything, so definitely let us know. 
we want to hear and we can read what you say, what you contact us about, um, that could further our discussion as well. Yeah, totally. Totally. Another avenue is to uh, leave a review uh, on whatever podcast uh, uh, app or conglomerate or whatever you're listening to. Uh, Definitely leave reviews, uh, comments, or whatever they do on their platforms. Yeah. 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 If if you're enjoying this, if you find something of worth or entertainment or astoundment or bewilderment... (laughs) Let us disturb. <laughs> Maybe you're disturbed. <laughs> Maybe you are just completely, utterly shocked. Uh, anyway, so <clears throat> faith, faith. Yeah, let's see what your point of view is. I think Aster wants to wants to let everyone know. You're gonna Sounds have like to have, a- You're gonna have to deal with the purring. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, that's hey. We're pet friendly. <laughs> so faith in buddhism so this when you when you asked this question at the end of the last podcast i was like i have no idea um but after some recollection and some organizing uh i think i've i think i'll be able to sufficiently kind of explain what faith might mean in buddhist uh in a Buddhist context, because I don't, I think a lot of people, if they know enough about Buddhism, will be surprised there's actually an aspect of faith in Buddhism. Um, I was kind of wondering, like, is there anything he can like extrapolate on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's that just shows my ignorance there. Like that's why we're having these discussions. So. So the Buddha, in Buddhism, uh, we're humongous fans of lists. There's a lot of lists, and it's it's really, I think it plays a huge part, the lists do, in organizing all this wealth of information. Um, and so, so the Buddha lists um, 37 requisites, I guess, of enlightenment. Wow, it sounds like one of my um, pastor's sermons. <laughs> but the but uh the thing is a lot of these requisites are actually the same thing um like so you have the eightfold path but then you have mm-hmm. the four right efforts which is right effort one of the eightfold path one of the you know folds of the eightfold path then you have four uh foundations of mindfulness which is right mindfulness um and you also have five these five faculties. They're called five faculties. Sometimes five spiritual faculties, and they're uh, they're kind of like cardinal virtues to cultivate, I guess. Um, which which will then help you along the path to awakening. And the the first faculty, there's also so there's the five the five faculties and the five um, I think they're called spiritual powers, and they're the exact same list. Um, but I I think it's the context in which one is used and one's not. But so the very first faculty in this list is what we might call faith. Um, it's a word in Pali. It's sada. And so sada is not is just like how what we were describing is is not blind faith. It's not believing in something or like believing in something that you might not be able to explain or prove or something. And a lot of people actually uh, translate this sometimes as like confidence or trust or conviction i see conviction a lot and I like that definition yeah confidence yeah. and conviction yeah and trust actually plays a big part in it too once you dive into it so faith what what like faith in what confidence in what in buddhism there's there's like there's no concept of a god or anything so 
what are we, what should we place our confidence or our faith in? Um, and simply it's the confidence or trust or conviction in the path of practice, the, the, the path to awakening and the possibility of awakening. Um, we trust that awakening is possible. Enlightenment is possible. And, and the way these, this, the faith is cultivated, um, I've heard it explained many different ways, uh, but the very, the first, the first way of, of cultivating this, this sada is, is indirect experience, which is a huge part of Buddhist practice is direct experience. And so this direct experience is is like like when you apply your practice you you start to get results you know you see results not like you know not like oh if you work out you'll see results in 4 weeks but like <laughs> but um but you know it's it's the the results of seeing directly the, the the truth the nature of phenomenon you know and i think i covered a little bit a little of that in the last one you know mm -hmm. anicca anatta and dukkha the 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 impermanence not self and the unsatisfactoriness of conditioned phenomena and so i think part of the direct experience is like just when you start this practice you can start to get glimpses of these truths like oh, okay like maybe not even a complete direct like understanding of these truths but kind of kind of a uh, oh okay i i can i get it you know and so this direct experience is oh okay this is this practice is is useful for something it's based in something that we can that we can work with and so I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm explaining it like satisfactory, satisfactory. Kind of like you gain like the faith or confidence in your, what you're practicing because you realize it's working. Is it kind of like that? Or like yeah. you realize it's giving you or taking you somewhere that you maybe you didn't know you were trying to get there or maybe you were trying to reach to that certain point in like your experience. Um Is it kind maybe. Of like <laughs> maybe. I but I think it, it more directly relates to the idea of of, of, uh, I don't know, because a, a big part of the practice is, is seeing through our, our delusion, our deluded minds and to the direct experience of reality. Like, so we, like, it's kind of like you, you know, you can stop labeling like you see through the labels you put on things that might not be completely accurate and in doing so the, the delusion that we put on things is of oh this is this is you know reliable thus it will bring me happiness and joy and then like, it turns out not to be reliable and you are left befuddled oh no this this won't, this, I'm distraught. This thing is not giving me happiness, you know? So you're putting and, your faith into something that you shouldn't have been. Yeah. I mean, in a sense, yeah. Uh, and seeing through that, um, maybe not even seeing through it, like directly seeing through it, but seeing how it, 
it or how it makes sense or something. Um, I, I mean, there's a difference between like the intellectual knowing and the direct realization of the of the impermanence and not self. But so there's a in short, there's a direct experience that your that the sada comes from. It's it's seeing the practice in in you know working i guess in a sense hmm, okay and from there you can get what's called you can you can uh develop sada through through what might be inference you you can infer that okay because because this works because this maybe because this thing was impermanent or unsatisfactory i can infer from that okay probably everything else that follows um in the teachings will also work and and so there's there's a great uh sutta that that kind of summarizes the, the question of how do we how do we know who to who to trust who to believe um and it's it's called the kalama sutta and it's one of the like one of the most popular ones and one of the most misinterpreted ones actually but the, in the story these kalamas these um, i don't know if they're a group of ascetics or uh, or or what but they come to the buddha and they ask, like, how do we know? There are so many people out here teaching these 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 teachings and claiming to know the answer. Like, how can we know for ourselves who did believe? And the Buddha, um, the the Buddha first starts out with saying, "Yes, you should doubt that. Like, you should be questioning this." Um, and I'll probably like just like skim through it and read a little bit about it um and so he lays out like these kind of requisites for what not to believe and what to believe like what how like what to base your faith on pretty much and so i don't misquote it i'll i'll read a little bit so he says do not go upon what has been acquired by repeated hearing, nor upon tradition, nor upon rumor, nor upon what is in a scripture, nor upon surmise, nor upon an axiom, nor upon specious reasoning, nor upon a bias towards a notion that has been pondered over, nor upon another's seeming ability, nor upon the consideration this contemplative, this contemplative is our teacher. And then he says, when you know, when you yourselves know, these things are bad, these things are blamable, these things are censured by the wise, undertaken and observed, these things lead to harm and ill, you abandon them. So what he's basically saying is this direct experience, is when you know for certain, like, from a direct experiential observation, hey, this thing leads to bad things you know this this action or this thought leads to harm leads to suffering maybe i shouldn't do that you know and and he basically says like don't like don't just believe something because someone else has said it because it's tradition because it's in a book like but he doesn't just say go on your logic because sometimes our logic is flawed <laughs> so he does he did say when when you when you pay attention he says these things when he says you know for yourselves these things are bad these things are blamable these things are censured by the wise so oh you you can go back and look at what the wise people of your tradition have come to know themselves and how they practice and so in this same sutta he kind of uh, and this is a very, a very 
common formula in the suttas where one chunk of it will be like a negative approach and the second chunk of it will be the exact same thing but the positive approach. So he says... He repeats what he says. Don't go upon what has been acquired by repeated hearing or tradition or rumor or scripture or surmise or axiom, etc., etc. He says, when you know yourselves, when you yourselves know, these things are good. These things are not blamable. These things are praised by the wise, undertaken and observed. These things lead to benefit and happiness. Enter on and abide in them. So, oh, this, this practice, this action, this, this, this thought, um, this intention actually leads to beneficial, good outcomes. And it's like, okay, this is something worth practicing. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and then he, the, uh, the sutta ends on what, uh, this commentator says is the Buddhist version of the Pascal's wager, but um, <laughs> that's for another that's for another story. Oh, that's for another time. But so in in that you can kind of see like the direct experience and the inference. So the, the direct experience is knowing for yourself. Oh, this is an unskillful action. This is or this is a skillful action. Thus, you know, I should abandon them or you know abide in them. So that's kind of the direct experience part of the of the sada. The other part is, oh, you know, the wise praise this like action, like the wise, or the wise censure this action. You know, like, okay, they they say no, don't do that, or they say yes, do that. Um, and the the wise being, um, I'm I'm in this context probably you know other, either other people who have undertaken the path or other enlightened people or something, um, within the the dhamma of the Buddha. Um, so you can it's almost I get this feeling of like a, a weird level of compare and contrast almost like. Oh, is you know, it's like, is this a, a good thing to practice? You know, is this is would is this an actual useful, like practice? And then you see, oh well, okay, like the Buddha, you know, he he teaches it, he practices it himself, and has gained enlightenment from it. And so did all these other members of the sangha, the 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 group of practitioners, and. And also, so I also wanted to touch on like that, that the sada is of course only one of five faculties. So it's not like the end all be all, like where you should rest your, I don't know, trust or your focus on the practice or anything. Mm-hmm. It's one aspect. Um, and it's, and, and it actually has a, a very specific purpose in the path of practice, which is to overcome doubt, which is one of the fetters that keep you, that keep you tied to samsara. Um, hmm. And once you can overcome that fetter, you know, break from those bonds, you can, you are, you know, you're free to move on, you know, you, you aren't tied down, but doubt is like, is usually said to be one of the most difficult fetters to overcome. Um, but that's the role that Sada plays in the five faculties is overcoming doubt. Hmm. And, you know, it's, it's this, the, the Sada, the confidence, this faith can only take us so far, you know, you, uh, even if it wasn't like, even if it was a faith through direct experience or something, it's it's kind of through direct experience that that the path to awakening is attained. Um, and I was actually listening to some to a to a 
a Dharma talk either today or yesterday, and they were actually talking about um, in in Buddhism, at least in early Buddhism, there's like kind of there's like the enlightened like the enlightened people, the, the people who've gained enlightenment, reached awakening, um, and they're called arahants, and and then there's like the step, the 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 phase before that, which is called the stream enterers, and they've and there's three different levels. There's the the the, the stream enterers themselves who have entered the stream, and it is inevitable they will, you know, be awakened. Like they have they have jumped in the stream, and there's no getting out of it. It's just a matter of time. And I think there's like a specific number, like like classically defined as like. Oh, within seven lifetimes or something. Um, but like once you're a stream enterer, you have entered the stream and there's just like water running down a hill. There's no stopping it. Um, and it, and the other ones is like, there's a once returner and a non returner. Um, once returner being that they will only have to be reborn one more time before reaching enlightenment. And, non-returner um but what but what why i bring this up is that they were talking about the stream enterers like when you reach that level like you will have complete and utter sada in the idea of enlightenment like oh yes like this is like there is no doubt in my mind this is possible like i can see it clearly the path is ahead of me like like all doubts of the the ideas the the possibility of being enlightened are removed and they also say like you have faith and confidence in the buddha's enlightenment as well like yes he he has he was awakened and the the practice he teaches is like will take me there too so and i don't know if i have any more of than that hmm well that's a from what you described that was a a kind of a fresh angle on faith <laughs> yeah definitely because it like hinges a lot on like direct experience right yeah definitely gives me different. more insight on like how that all works because to me, like, you know, like the listeners and viewers probably don't realize, but like we've, we're twins, we're best friends, you know, we, we talk probably daily, at least by chatting or texting each other. Um, we live 800 miles away. We have for almost 10 years now, um, but we really don't get a lot of in-depth discussion on our beliefs like this. So like a lot of this stuff is like brand new to me. Um, and yeah. I'm pretty, I'm sure a lot of what I say is brand new to you too. So it, it really does open up a lot of, uh, a lot of like, Oh wow. I never knew that. <laughs> yeah. 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 This is like unexplored territory for the both of us. Oh yeah, definitely. So what we say is like new <laughs> yeah, to each other we haven't pre-discussed this stuff or anything no yeah that's that's like the one of the big things is that like i mean there's a the general topic but like we don't sit there and discuss okay what are we going to say you know yeah, <laughs> like, these conversations are pretty organic there might not be a lot of back and forth sometimes but um just listening is like a huge a huge part of this these conversations i mean conversations go both ways so yeah definitely yeah. with uh even, even with our next episode which i'm guessing is going to be um religious texts um <laughs> that's going to be a that's going to be a pretty uh i'm very curious on uh your side and i'm really excited <laughs> to kind of open the floodgates on my side <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean and and this to me like doing this I I'm sure you probably get the same thing but like giving ourselves a topic and then like okay like f 
what am I going to say? Like it, it lets allows me to like delve into stuff deeper and like, mm-hmm. you know, make sense of it. And right. yeah, exactly. And like, I mean, I've taught this stuff like on, from my side before for a long time, like, um, on some specific topics, especially like I've, I taught for like two years in a row, um, and teaching it, just to, just teaching it helps you learn. Um, that's like the best way to learn is to teach because you got to learn the material before other people learn. Um, and I've definitely learned that. Um, I'll probably keep learning. I mean, I'm never going to stop learning. But th- with this podcast, I'm probably going to learn some stuff on the way from my perspective too. So just to be yeah. able to get the point across in a hour, hour and a half window, like how, what am I going to say? just to get the basics out there because yeah you could spend you could spend years in a a class or something on some of these topics but we want to just again like we said earlier lay the foundation kind of especially on these early episodes the foundational episodes yeah it's it's really interesting because like like being if i'm being honest like yeah i took like a, a a sheet of notes and I, I felt, yeah, this is really nicely structured. And then I feel like I just like ramble and yeah, me like, too. wait, what, what am I saying? Like, and it's, it's really interesting. Um, like I even skipped over a part that I wanted to touch on. <laughs> I, even as you spoke and I'm just going to say this real quick, I'm not going to let this drag on too much longer, um, but like when you said you asked a good question, like faith in who? It's like that's a great question, and I didn't really explain like what the faith of Jesus was, but like Jesus had faith in God the Father in what He said He was going to do, um, and and you you could see all throughout uh, throughout even His time on Earth, like He will uh, He will uh, not question, but you know echo back to God the Father in this weird relationship of the Trinity and he has faith in God the Father and um, it's not like we can't have faith we can be faithful in this day and age but like relying on the faith of Jesus is like the pinnacle of our salvation in, in this day and age so with with the whole topic of faith I guess I kind of left that out was that like we can be like Christians can be faithful and have faith too. It's just not what we rely on. But mm. the, you saying that brought up that in my mind, like you asking that question, like faith and who it's like, Oh yeah, that's a, that's a good question to ask. And I mean, what, what you just said about like faith is not what you were like, it's not the thing you rely on. Um, I think that's, is that what you said? Something like, yeah, it's for us, the... like our faith is not what we rely on. It's the faith of, that Jesus had and has, because He's faithful. But we can still be faithful and have faith. Um, yeah, I like, I like that because it kind of like, like in Buddhism, like faith, faith isn't like the thing we rely on. Even though it's like you can have faith, you can have sada, but like. And I'm going to go back to the direct experience thing because um, something I left out is that the Buddha uh, called the Dhamma, the, his teachings, uh, he described it as this word ehipasiko, which is usually described as come and see for yourselves. So he invites people to, he kind of, he kind of urges the practitioners to to investigate and to test these teachings of his and um and man that i mean through that investigation itself. <laughs> i know and through and and through that ehipasiko this come and see for yourselves quality of the dhamma like you can see how like faith like faith through direct experience comes up but like you can also see that it is the direct experience itself that is the most useful and beneficial 
and it kind of ties into the, with the five faculties as well, like the the energy, like persistence and energy, and mindfulness and discernment and concentration. Um, they all kind of like tie into the idea of direct experience. That that yeah, this has been very uh, a very enlightening conversation. <clears throat> I think it really helped me kind of think it through on my end and I definitely yeah, learned same. from you too. So likewise, next, I think that it's a good springboard to go into um, the next topic, I guess it kind of not really directly a springboard, but like the next topic is one of my favorite topics. Um, uh, one, a topic that I've probably taught on substantial amount um, from my end with, uh, with, scripture and religious texts so i'm excited to delve into that next time oh yeah i that's gonna be such a fun episode yes it will be <laughs> <laughs> and for the viewers like we might have some like i would i know i'll have like some stuff to hold um so definitely get oh, a yeah, get too. a hold of the video if you're listening um see some cool stuff but uh yeah i think you, you know if you have questions or comments again email us uh, baptist and buddhist at gmail.com Go to the Facebook tell us page. what faith means to you. Yes, you know? tell us what faith means to you. And also, um, before the episode, the next episode drops, talk about some religious texts. Um, send us questions about that, so maybe we can um, address that later on. Probably not on the actual episode because we'll probably not release that before you get a chance to contact us. But we can always mm. follow up, and it's always going to might be, actually. I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you never know. Actually. If so. you have questions for us about our perspective, our respective texts, shoot. Yeah, yeah. And though we're not, we're not really harboring a, a debate or anything. Like, if you have challenges that you want to counter us with, definitely hit us up. Yeah. Awesome. Well, a I appreciate you uh, opening this discussion up, and I cannot wait for the next one. Yeah. So I think I think that's we're gonna call it a night. Um so this has been the Baptist. And the Buddhist. With Mark. And Brian. So until next time, see you guys later. Thanks see for viewing later. and listening. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>